Worship leaders and worship musicians, are you thinking about recording your own original worship music? Well, today I want to tell you the story of how I recorded my first full-length album. Hopefully it will inspire you, and hopefully you can learn from some of the mistakes I made along the way. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about the process of making a full-length record. But before we do, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF guide called 25 Chart Topping Arrangement Tricks. If you have a song that you've been working at with your worship team that's okay, but you wish it could be more interesting, download this chart. It gives you 25 great ideas for how to make your song more interesting and keep interest throughout the song. It gives you a couple of sentences about why the trick works, and it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear the trick in action. Go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. It's especially helpful for people who are interested in recording like we're going to be talking about today. All right, let's get to today's topic. So I've been writing my own worship songs for years, but after college, I got more serious about wanting to record and release my own music. So in 2012, I went down to a friend's studio and crashed on his couch at night, and the whole week we recorded about four or five songs. And I came back feeling so confident and so so fulfilled, I thought to myself, I think I start to understand this process of recording music a little bit more. I bet I could do it myself if I, if I just had a couple more pieces. So in 2014, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually record my own album. But I didn't really know everything there was to recording. I mean, I had the software, I had a lot of guitars, I had some gear. But the first thing that I did, and the first piece of advice I'll give you if you're interested in doing this, is act like a beginner. So I went online and found what's called the Recording Revolution, an awesome website that helps people like you and me, home uh, studio owners, uh, learn the recording process. So I watched, I think it was like six hours worth of video, you know, this online course that I bought, and I took notes on absolutely everything. I still have the notebook. And then I highlighted and I went over it again. I watched most of the videos again and really wanted to understand, okay, what do all these knobs and dials and buttons do? What does an EQ do and what's a compressor do? And it started to turn the lights on for me. It started to help me understand how this process works. And so that's the first thing I'd say is that you have to act like you don't know and be willing to learn new things because there was a lot to learn, especially when you're doing it all by yourself. So find a course, whether it's Recording Revolution or something else, find a course, start at the beginner level, even if you know a few things. I'm sure there's some stuff that's worth picking up or reviewing along the way. Take notes, keep a binder, absolutely write it down, not just in your phone, but actually write it down so it's easy to flick through and, uh, and add to and highlight, that kind of thing. That's the first thing. The second thing is to be patient. I thought that I was going to be done with principal tracking, like, you know, all the bass drums, electric guitar, piano. I thought that was going to take six months. Well, the entire project took me two years. Wow. Now, of course, I was learning as I went along, and I should mention that I did this most of it in my bedroom. 
right? I did not have a dedicated space. You know, I tried to put up stuff on the walls where I could, but most of it took place in my bedroom. And the stuff that wasn't, like drums, you know, you can't do that in a bedroom. Well, I would go to my friend's church and we'd record there, but I'd have to haul all of my gear there every time. You know, my laptop, my interfaces, and the interface is the thing that, you know, takes stuff from the analog world to the digital world so that your computer can record it. I would take that every time, and we did that 10 or 11 times to record drums and then haul it all back. I also didn't have a good space to record vocals. My room wasn't really good for it. So I borrowed another room from my friend's church, but I would have to take everything. Every time I wanted to record vocals, I would haul all my stuff into my car, you know, take it to that spare room outside the sanctuary. I remember one time I had planned, okay, I've got two hours. I'm going to go down to the church. I'm going to get all this recorded. <laughs> I walk in the door and there was, I think, a woman's luncheon or something like that. So I turned around, put it all in the car, went back home. I had to be patient. I, I thought that it was going to go so fast. I don't know why I thought that it would go so quickly because I didn't know anything. But you have to be patient with yourself and you have to be patient with the process because it will probably take longer than you think, especially if you're doing a full length thing. 10 songs, that's a lot of songs. That's a lot of tracks and a lot of takes to get things right. So be patient with yourself and enjoy the process. Of course, I can say that now that it's done. Thirdly, don't give up because there are going to be setbacks and I had my fair share of setbacks. For example, drums. Usually when you record drums, it's not uncommon to have like 10 or 12 mics on a drum kit. I didn't have any of that. I had four. So my friend and I, would he would set up his drums. I would set up my mics. But there was one song I still remember. I had a kick drum mic, I had a snare drum mic, and I had two overhead mics. And we recorded, I get home, and I realize for some reason the interface just went out on one of the tracks. I no longer had a snare drum mic. And I thought, what am I going to do? Well, don't give up. What ended up happening was I pulled up the faders on the overheads, and I thought, well, I can still hear the snare drum. So I kept on, and it's, it's on the record. Right, you'll hear, it's, the song is called Everlasting, and I'll leave a link below so that you can go hear it. All that is is three mics, kick drum and two overhead mics, and you can still hear the snare pretty good. So don't think that because you don't have the right gear or everything's not perfect that you can't get stuff done. Don't give up. Another thing that happened was computer woes. One of the things they always tell you online is do not do updates in the middle of a big project. Because especially with recording software, you know, I've got a MacBook Pro running Logic, but then there's all sorts of third-party stuff, you know, plugins and, and compressors and, and, you know, bells and whistles that those developers, if you want to keep using your stuff, they need to update their things. So if your operating system gets updated, you might throw everything out of whack. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. I don't know why, but I updated my operating system. I opened up my computer to play back one of my tracks, and as the playhead moved along, it turned everything black. So then I had to go and unupdate what I had done, and amazingly, I didn't lose anything. So that's just one extra piece of advice. Never update in the middle of a project. Learn that the hard way. But here's the big story about not giving up and about how God knows what we need more than we do. 
So I was nearing the end of the project. I had recorded everything, everything was tuned, everything was edited. All I had to do was the mixing, you know, where you add EQ and compression and effects and balance and, and get it sounding like it should for an album. Well, as I was doing that, um, I had an audition with a, a band in town. And the band was making pretty good money and traveling around doing weddings. And I thought, okay, I'll audition on guitar for this band. Something cool might happen. You know, it'd be an awesome summer gig and it'd be a, a good way to make a lot more money than I was making. So the, there were like eight guitar players and I, um, I made it through the first round, which was really nice for my ego. And it was just down to me and one other guy. The band was deliberating and I thought I had it in the bag because I knew some of the members of the band and they liked me. So, hey, okay, cool. This will be an awesome new opportunity. Well, I get an email one day as I'm on a break at work. Hey, we loved your audition. We're going to go with the other guy. Ugh, that was like a knife in between my ribs. I was so disappointed and I was disappointed in myself. I'm like, man, I can't even win an audition. Am I really a good musician? Blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I got down on myself in a big way. But once I scraped myself off the pavement and prayed and got some good advice, I realized, okay, that's all right. The door that God has opened for me right now is to finish this album right? Because if I had gotten that gig with that band, it would have taken up all my time. I probably wouldn't have finished the album when I did, and that becomes important in a second. So instead, I threw myself into mixing that album. I sat in my bedroom with my headphones on, and I mixed that thing. You know, one song through 10, and just to let you know how much I had to learn, by the time I got through the 10th song, I went back and listened to the first song that I had mixed and realized that I had learned so much in that process that I had to now go back and remix. I can't remember. It was like three or four songs over again because I had improved so much in that time. So all of my summer was spent getting a studio tan, as they say, staying inside and mixing that thing until I didn't know what else to do. It sounded as good as I could make it at that time. So I released it January 6th, 2017, and wouldn't you know it, not very long afterwards, I had a job interview with a university to come on staff in their music department, and one of the things they asked me was, hey, do you know anything about recording? Could you help with recording projects for our students? They, they, that's something that we do every year. And I smiled, and I pulled out my phone, and there was my album ready to go. It was part of my resume. That would not have happened if I had gotten the gig that I wanted. Instead, God gave me, gave me the gig that he knew that I needed. And that opened up a lot of other doors for me in life. The point is, God knows what we need before we ask it. And sometimes, you know that old adage, he closes a door and opens a window? In this case, he closed a door and opened a garage door for me, for me to walk through when it was time but I couldn't give up. I had to stay the course on what I had started. So if you're interested in recording your own original worship music, remember, act like a beginner. Go get the education you need to be able to do it front to back. Be patient with yourself, because especially that first one is going to take longer than you think it will. And don't give up no matter what. Make sure that you take it to the finish line and that you find the right people to help you take it to the finish line, because it is absolutely worth it. 
All right, if you need help with your arrangements, make sure to go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks and make sure to stay in touch because I'm recording a new worship album and I'm gonna be taking you along in the process and show you how I do what I do. And this one should go much faster than two years. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.